This week, the Rochester Rundown is brought to you by Ultra Federal Credit Union, a member-owned financial institution with two convenient branches right here in Rochester. Ultra is proud to support local independent journalism on Med City Beat. Today, one final piece on the 2020 election situation, and it's two-parted. First, we'll talk with Mark Krupski and Katie Smith from Olmstead County Elections for the third time in the rundown's history, now with 11 days until the end of election season. How was mail-in voting measured up to the expectations they laid out to us a couple months ago, and when will we know those results in local races? After that story, we'll bring you some sound we gathered a few weeks back from Dan Fian, the Democratic candidate for the U.S. House, on how he plans to make up the 1,300 votes that separated him from Congressman Jim Hagedorn in the 2018 midterm election. I'm Isaac Janes. It's Friday, October 23rd, 2020. Now let's get to the news. In a recent Olmstead County board meeting, it was reported that the election office expects about half of the county's ballots to be cast prior to election day, be it through mail-in voting, drop-off balloting, or in-person absentee voting. Katie Smith, Olmstead County Elections Director, says her office has received a ballot from roughly one-third of Olmstead County's registered voters already. That's over 30,000 ballots so far, and she says that number is still going up fast. I know we're seeing anywhere from 300 to 400 people a day in person, and we're definitely getting probably at least, you know, 200 or so by Dropbox each day. Chances are a lot of you listening are among those thousands that have already turned in their ballots. But for those of you still waiting on finishing that ballot, here's some advice from the people in charge. First off, if you're wanting to avoid possible lines and voting in person at your polling place, you still have a lot of those options we talked about earlier. The Olmstead County Elections Office has hosted in-person absentee balloting for weeks, and the drop-off ballot box outside their building will be open through most of Election Day. More on that later. If you're mailing in your ballot, it must be postmarked by Election Day, so election officials will be able to count them until November 10th. That's a special extension thanks to the pandemic. Krupski, the director of Olmstead County's Property Records and Licensing, told me that Rochester envelopes get postmarked at the Mail Processing Center in St. Paul. So if you wait to the last minute to send in your ballot, that transport time could be the difference between your vote being counted or thrown out. So if anything, if I mail it on the 2nd, uh, hopefully that gets up in time. It gets a November 3rd postmark, but I don't, know. I, I don't like that chance myself. I wouldn't do that. But uh, And if I'm mailing it on the 3rd, chances are I'm not going to get a November 3rd postmark on that. There's lots of important dates and times to keep in mind here. In-person absentee balloting at the office closes at 5 p.m. Monday. Agent delivery, where a voter can designate someone to drop off their ballot for them, ends at 2 o'clock Tuesday, and all drop-offs will be closed one hour later at 3 o'clock. Polls, of course, close at 8 o'clock Tuesday, and we should have a majority of the local results by that night or early Wednesday morning. It'll be the end of an election cycle so massively different from any one before it, one that Krupski says took a heroic effort from the entire team. And even then, it's easy to imagine a scenario where none of the changes for this year would have been possible. If there's anything lucky about the pandemic, it came in the winter where we had time, some time to adapt and adjust to that. Uh, if it just came on in August, we might have, you know, it might have been harder because there was a lot of... Uh, you know, laws were changed uh, to allow and accommodate some procedures just for this election. My thanks to Mark and Katie for being so willing to talk to me over these past few months. It's been very interesting to hear their side of things. 
And before we get to our piece on the race for Minnesota's District 1 seat in the U.S. House, a quick word from today's sponsor. The Med City Beats Rochester Rundown is sponsored by Ultra Federal Credit Union. Whether you are in the market for a home mortgage, car loan, or are simply looking for a trusted brand to manage your money, Ultra is here to help. Unlike large, privately owned banks, Ultra is a credit union owned by its members, allowing it to reinvest profits in its stakeholders, employees, and the communities in which it operates. Among its key priorities, promoting financial literacy to local youth through the Ultra Foundation. To learn more about how Ultra can help you live your best life, visit ultra.org. Jim Hagedorn won the race for District 1 in 2018 by 1,315 votes over Democratic challenger Dan Fian. At this point, you've seen the ads, you know the story by now. Fian is running again, and a couple weeks ago, I was able to catch up with him during a quick stop in Rochester. Fian was adamant in his belief that he could make up those votes in a rural district with a population of nearly 680,000 by reaching across the political aisle and sometimes throwing politics out the window altogether. People I talk to who don't pay attention to politics 24-7 don't view themselves first and foremost as Republican or Democrat. They view themselves as hardworking, as a mother, a father, a small business owner, a veteran. They view themselves through their lived experience more than anything. And that, that couldn't be the, that's probably the, the biggest difference between how we approach this. I, I have a very different view. I believe politics has to be public service and that it fails to live up to that standard. As we talked, one of Fian's main campaign goals was to establish a national strategy for COVID-19, saying the lack of national mandates and guidelines was a failure in leadership from Congress and President Trump. Fian alluded to one of his mantras, when in charge, be in charge, something he says his opponent has not learned through going along with the administration's COVID failures and his various ethics scandals that have plagued Hagedorn's first term. You don't put responsibility on other people. You don't delegate uh, failure to other people. You, you own the success and failure that comes with your leadership. Yeah. This Washington, D.C., whether it's this administration or Congressman Hagedorn, is the opposite of that. They hide from responsibility, openly. Over his first term, Congressman Hagedorn has repeatedly ignored Med City Beat's attempts to contact him. However, his position on the federal government's response to the pandemic was that the president has done enough and China should have done more. Here he is in a debate hosted by Mankato's CBS affiliate KEYC in late September. We've done a pretty good job keeping the Americans safe. This is something that obviously nobody ever thought was going to happen, a very unpredictable thing. It's too bad that the nation of China did not help uh, the world contain it, and we ended up with a more severe situation than we should have. In our interview, Fian repeatedly touched on the second and third order effects of the pandemic, how it affects the economy, mental health, and perhaps most prominently, the American healthcare system. If elected, Fian said one of his key issues would be to follow the Biden plan of instituting a public option to Medicare, which the hopeful representative says is needed now more than ever thanks to COVID. This is where we talk about a world in which there are tens of thousands of Minnesotans here in southern Minnesota who don't have health care that did seven months ago. Think about that. They're in an impossible place right now to, to make impossible choices over food, prescription drug costs, and beyond with no affordable health care whatsoever for them. They deserve to have another option. Congressman Hagedorn, on the other hand, said in that same KEYC debate that instituting a series of high-risk pools for people with pre-existing conditions would ensure the most expensive conditions would be covered. After that, 
keep the market free and let the people shop. Now, right now we're limited because of Obamacare, not much competition there, transparency and cost. We should know what it costs to go to the doctor for routine appointments, whether it's MRIs or doctor visits or whatever, before we get there. That way we could shop and we could save money. Hagedorn and Fian are once again in a dead heat based on the latest polling available. While Rochester is the biggest city in the district, the whole district is largely rural. It covers nearly all of southern Minnesota, stretching from the South Dakota to Wisconsin border. And that's where we'll end things this week. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, the best way to support us is to become a member. Be a part of quality local journalism at medcitybeats.com membership. I'm Isaac James with MedCityBeats. Have a great weekend, everybody, and I'll talk to you next week.